Hello and welcome to Mid Jump, the interstitial Super Jump podcast episode that we put out between episodes of me and my co-host James talking about video games, whatever. Is it more important? Is it less important? Well, this week I think it's more important because we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself, Malik? Yes, yes, my name is Malik, or you may know me online as uh, The Cartoon Gamer. I do a lot of uh, videos on YouTube about like uh, various video games. Uh, I delve into uh, animation and art as well. And uh, overall, well, that, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to give like a one-word summary of yourself at the end, which would have been interesting. Overall, swell guy. <laughs> That, that's that's I'm, saying too much. I don't want to say that about myself. Other people can say that about me, but... <laughs> or maybe just like a ranking. Overall, I'm an 8 out of 10. That's all right. <laughs> 8 out of 10. Just, I like that. <laughs> uh, so this has actually been a really long time coming. We, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording the episode. We run in the same social circles online often. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, notably, we've both co-hosted another uh, another podcast, the Conversation with mm-hmm. Kyle Russell on DK Vine, mm-hmm. um, and, and and since then I've been seeing you all over the place. Your friends are my <laughs> friends too. Um, it, it's been weird that we've never actually talked before now, but I'm excited to to get going and, and to get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, better late than never. I always say. Definitely, um, I. When I first learned that you you had a YouTube channel, I checked you out. Uh, the the first YouTube video that I I saw of you, and I I realized like, oh, this isn't just this isn't just an internet guy. I know he's like actually good at some stuff. Uh, <laughs> was a retrospective of the Pokemon anime, specifically um, the works of Takeshi Shudo, who was the original showrunner of the Pokemon anime mm-hmm. uh, way back in the day. And uh, also for it was the first three movies, not right? Not he didn't do Celebi, he didn't do the fourth. He did the first three movies, and if you want to count Mewtwo Returns, he did that too. Gotcha. Cool. That video, man, I like. I really liked it. I I had almost no information about that um, era about the person that is Takeshi Shudo, and I definitely should have because I man, I know a lot about Pokemon except for that. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, just re- really good video right there. Oh, uh, thanks. Speak- yeah, sure. Speaking <laughs> of uh, working working on YouTube, I've been I've been really interested in how gaming YouTubers function. Um, not just in like how do you edit and stuff like that that you've probably been asked a number of times, but um, how how do you deal with with uh, with being a gaming focused YouTuber? having having fans online um how how does that i don't know i I don't want to say how does that make you feel because that's like a (laughs) that's a pretty lame interview question but i am feeling that i want to ask that question so how does that make you feel hmm well i guess in in my uh i want to i'm trying to find the word to describe this but like in my uh experience uh, since I don't have a really huge install beat, like I have, I, a lot of people know who I am, but I don't have as many views or as many followers as some other people out there, like the big guys in the millions and stuff. But sure. the fact that I'm able to reach out to a lot of people through the stuff that I do, like with, uh, did you know gaming and, uh, 
more recently stuff like podcasts with people like uh, Rebel Taxi and stuff, and people are starting to see and know who I am. It's uh, it's uh, it, it's it's a little strange, but I it, it's it's a nice feeling, especially when a lot of people are actually really nice about uh just me in general, and like when they see me and when they talk about me, like respectable people always have very nice things to say about me, and that really makes me feel good. People that I look up to. Uh, I won't say they look up to me, but they see me as like a really nice guy. And that, that, that's all I really wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, speaking of of people reacting to you positively, is that, is that the norm? I know YouTubers have a problem in, in a, in a general sense with, with negativity in their comments or, uh, sometimes outright toxicity. How, how is your channel dealing with that? Well, my channel, like me in general, it's a little, it's a little mixed, but on my channel specifically, and when I do stuff for like, uh, certain other people, it's pretty positive. Everybody likes me. Everybody has nothing but nice things to say, but usually when I'm doing like a thing for Did You Know Gaming, usually the, especially early on, the comments are not so nice, but eh, you just ignore them. It's like yeah, yeah it's, it's um, a little mishmash. One one guy will say nothing but nice. The other person will say absolutely just horrible things, and they're all about my voice. So I think about I'm in a pretty good position where it's like if the only bad thing people can say about me is that they don't like how I sound naturally, I think I'm doing pretty good for myself. Yeah, and I see a bunch of other people getting into hot water and stuff. It's a man. I'm glad. I'm glad the only thing that people have an issue with me is just the, the way I talk. That, that's good. <laughs> yeah um i did you know gaming ha- has a i i think it'd be fair to say like a, a really large install base doesn't it um, oh yeah over it, two million subscribers wow that's a lot oh, yeah. um how did you get involved with them well it was like uh let's see try to it all it all started in like uh when uh Let's say around when they were doing some Donkey Kong Digino you know, gamings and stuff, and uh, a little before that, I really, I really liked their stuff, and I, I, I have, I'm like a trivia machine myself. Like I will just spout out different little bits of trivia from different things that I like. And oh yeah, it shows. Yeah, and I've always wanted to. I, I bug all my friends and family about it, and I wanted to share the knowledge that I found about stuff that I liked online, stuff that people weren't talking about. So I started like a little series on my YouTube channel called Obscure Trivia with like, I think it yeah, Obscure Conquer Trivia was the first thing I did. And did you know gaming back when you could see people's likes and uh, stuff like that? He liked that video, and then. I just continued from there with my little series, uh, Donkey Kong Part 2 on Did You Know Gaming. I found, like, a thing in my obscure Donkey Kong trivia that they used in Did You Know Gaming, and they credited me in the credits, and I thought that was really cool. And then the next year, I did an obscure trivia on the Kirby series, and Did You Know Gaming like that as well. And then I think later in the afternoon that day, I got an email... No, no, no. I got a tweet from Shane from Did You Know Gaming. He started following me on Twitter, and he asked me if I wanted to do stuff for the channel. Like, uh, And it's interesting in my case because when it comes to the Did You Know Gaming episodes, different things are chalked up to different people. Like uh, yeah. Yeah, someone sure. does the editing, someone does the voiceover, someone does the research and the script writing, but 
most of the time in my case, I have done most, if not all, for the videos that I've done, barring like uh, some like the Conquer video and the Banjo video. They had like earlier drafts and I just added my own stuff in them. But yeah, I do all the voiceover, the editing, uh, and a lot of this, uh, most of the script writing as well. And I feel it feels that's, good to be yeah, trusted with so much. That's uh, that's surprising to me that it it's it's so much of so much of it is on you. I I didn't expect that. Do you ever work on ones that aren't you? Um, I have not yet. No, I haven't done that yet. Usually. Uh, when the process to making a Digino gaming video, in my case, I just ask uh, Shane, like, hey, Shane, is there a, can I do an episode on this? And he'll say, like, either yes or no or something like that. And then I just take it from there. I start with the script and then I show him everything that I've gotten so far. He may add a bit of input and then I do the final script and then he rectifies some things that may need changing or any additions and stuff and then I'm just free to do whatever I like in terms of how the things should be edited what music I should add and I always I always get a little uh conscious about my narration not to the fact not it's not that the comments get to me but I always want to try and improve but Shane is always like man you're doing a fine job don't worry about it quit freaking out (laughs) Yeah, I get that all the time, man. I I feel very self-conscious about the way I sound on audio. Um and and I've been told that I I I don't think it matters how many times you've been told that it's fine. Uh you're always going to hear your own voice and you're going to realize that this pause in your sentence is not because you were speaking dramatically, it's because you didn't realize what you were about to say next. Yeah. <laughs> and like you point out all those little small things and um it's hard it's hard to get under your own skin like that yeah it's hard not uh, to get under your own skin like that get under my own skin it's always like uh i remember a voice actor once saying you're all you are your own worst critic sometimes because you're always like man i wouldn't do it like this that that didn't sound great i mean i should do it again and again but people always people around me are saying i say i sound fine but man I, i think maybe one more go maybe two more goes i don't know voice is so weird man i tried um just as a fun thing not not for anything i was going to release i tried reading it was a pokemon like children's book very thin pamphlet like book Uh that was a novelization of that one episode of the anime where a male and female nidoran met each other and fell in love Uh, and i decided this is a, this is a small amount of pages, small enough amount of pages that I could get through this book and if I read it and if, if I like the way I sound reading it, maybe I could do this more. And mm-hmm. I got through like 3 pages and then I realized, "No, nah, this is not <laughs> This is not going to work <laughs> out for me, probably. This is way too hard." Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh it, it's a hard thing to do, man. I, anyone who uses their voice professionally and consistently is uh i have a lot of admiration for them it's so difficult (laughs) yeah um so another thing i I wanted to talk to you about your youtube channel was regarding um your, your demographic i feel like you've targeted a very niche audience but you've targeted that niche audience really well um mm-hmm. rather than 
kind of a wider, more generalist audience. W- was that a conscious decision? Um, so let's see. When you say audience, like, what kind of audience are you talking about? Like, the gaming audience? A certain age group? I, I don't I don't really know. But um, if... So, Pokemon, for example, is really big on YouTube. But yeah. the kind of Pokemon videos that you tend to have... You, you do a lot of them on, on just, like, the game. Which is where I think YouTube gets its most viewership in regards to pokemon but then you do a lot on the anime which is not necessarily as as recorded or or reported on um additionally you've you've done um uh, i i I don't know um just interesting i I guess interesting videos that you wouldn't normally see sure other people So uh, let's see. What was the question about it? The, the audience. <laughs> uh, n- yeah, niche audiences rather than uh, wide generalist audiences. Hmm. I have to imagine that it comes down to just you like what you like, man. You you make videos about what you like. Yeah, which, I I mean yeah. I never really thought about it until right now, but <laughs> uh, I guess the reason I have the niche audience and the way I've carved it is because like I just did the things that I like, and some people seem to take a liking to that as well, and. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn or anything, but there's there's not many videos that do the things that I do when I talk about Pokemon. Most of them... That's definitely true. They're always... Most of the Poke, Pokemon videos, not... I, I don't want to... I'm not going to mention any names in terms of Poketubers, but there are a lot of Pokemon videos that cover the same kind of things, like leaks here, uh, like... Uh, What's what's another one? Like top ten this of the anime, top ten like a bunch of top tens about like every single topic that they can try and do, especially sure. like when it's super relevant. And I see a and lot then of there's Poke-tubers. a fair amount of like competitive stuff too and Yeah. And yeah. I see like so many Poketubers they they just kinda of run out of stuff to talk about. Like, especially when it comes to top tens, they start doing like these weird out there topics i mean those those can be interesting if done in an interesting way but they usually aren't like after they've done like the top 10 of every pokemon type and every uh a certain region of a pokemon (laughs) they start to run out of ideas and they start to scramble i mean it's it because they try and do it every single they do it at a rapid pace and i can sense that there's a bit of a burnout sometimes with them but yeah sure yeah um i i i um i'm not totally into the pokemon youtuber scene but from what i've seen of it uh i i I definitely think that's true um it 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 seems like you either have to find things that you care about specifically that you're you're kind of making a bet that other people won't care about as much um Mm -hmm. so you can be more unique or you you have to just rock it entirely using your own personality, which is exhausting, I imagine. Um, um, after so many videos uh, of, of, like you were oh, saying, you so like many that. different top tens, and and the only thing to carry it is is your personality. Um, yeah. Yeah. And especially like, I mean, the per- it's not the personalities specifically, if you know what I mean. But like, mm-hmm. just after a while, you can kind of tell that they're doing it just because they have to you know like you sure. think of these weird outlandish topics and it's it's very loosely 
tied to Pokemon at this point. Like, uh, what what Pokemon team would the Scooby Doo gang use, or something like that? <laughs> it's like okay, this now now we're starting to run out of I- ideas. I can see it. I can see it happening. You asked for it. Here's our top ten grass and poison type Pokemon. Yeah. Okay, okay man. <laughs> and so many so many top ten lists as well. They kind of stretch. I, I know I said like, I wasn't gonna slam them, but this is just a general thing. So you have no idea. Go for the slam, Malik. Let's go for the slam. So there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of top tens I see. They try to stretch it out as long as they can. Like when they're talking about a certain like Pokemon or something, and they'll start with number ten, and they'll say, "Kicking off number ten on this Pokemon countdown, we have." You didn't need to say all of that, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you could have sure. just said, "We have," or this Pokemon's name. Insert here. You didn't have to make two sentences. I know what you're trying to do here, and I I don't approve of it. malik is slamming down the rule book shoving it in youtubers faces and say read this or leave and i I appreciate that Malik. (laughs) so speaking of pokemon i I think that's the if you were to look at the list of you your videos you've done on your normal channel um that that's definitely the majority of what i'm seeing that that's that's the majority of what um, I've known you to have done. In fact, uh, when we knew each other via, uh, or when we, I guess, didn't know each other, but when we were both Aware working with other. Heil on the conversation, and you would occasionally post in the DK Vine forum, which mm-hmm. is a really niche place for this podcast to get, so I appreciate niche stuff too. Uh, your forum avatar was Charizard. So um, is pokemon your favorite series of video games is it is it that up there for you i would say if it's not my favorite series it's definitely in the top three it's definitely the one that like I guess top three video game series absolutely <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh i think it's because since pokemon keeps constantly churning stuff out it's the one that i'm always talking about i mean right now i'm looking at my some of my uh, Pokemon plushies right now. I have a Krogunk, a Politoed, a Wobbuffet, a Poplio. Uh, I guess I would say it's either number two or number one if it's not like Donkey Kong or uh, some other Nintendo series that I'm not thinking about right now. But the, the consistency angle of that is a good point. I don't think there's anything that I like so much that is nearly as consistent as Pokemon. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's part Pokemon is just a part of who I am. It's no longer just like this little thing that I came the came from home uh, came no, came from school, come home and then watch. It's just it's just a thing that I it's just it's just a part of me now, man. Like even if there comes out like a crappy Pokemon game or something that I'm not totally into, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean I'm necessarily done with the series. I mean, I'm always if I'm not watching the show, I'm playing a game. If I'm not playing a game, I'm reading a book or something like that, and at this point, it's like, I have no nostalgia towards Pokemon, because, again, it's just who I am. Like, everyone goes, everyone goes nuts for, like, I want to be the very best. I'm like, eh, it's nice. I don't go, oh, (laughs) my childhood. (laughs) I I feel nostalgia for, for certain aspects of Pokemon, and maybe, like, certain memories of doing things with Pokemon, but as, as a series, as a franchise, as a brand... I definitely agree with you. I, I don't feel nostalgic for it. Um, and that's not their fault. In fact, it's a good thing for them because that just means that I've been 
involved the whole time. Oh, like yeah. starting when I was really, really young and I'm in my twenties now, so I guess that's a really that's a pretty good track record for Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um So I, I saw I Choose You, the twentieth Pokemon movie uh-huh. in theaters uh earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And I know you did too. Yes. This yes, is a controversial movie. Controversial. Uh, controversial movie. It is a for our audience who doesn't know what's up with the Pokemon movie, the Pokemon movie that just came out, I choose you. It is a retelling mm-hmm. of the well, definitely the first episode of the anime. At least for the first And then minutes. certain other anim- anime episodes from around the first season and a little bit of tonal stuff from the first movies and that's that's it it's a retelling and it's not exactly how those things actually happened so it is non-canon um which which frustrates a lot of people what's what's your thoughts on that just from the get-go uh when you heard that this was an alternate universe pokemon anime thing so initially like I thought it was going to be, when I saw the trailer and the poster, I thought it was going to be, like, this retelling of, like, Pokemon's greatest hits from, like, the first series, and somehow they were going to bring Ho-Oh into it, and I was really excited, and then I found out that it was, like, completely different to what I was thinking, and I didn't get mad as soon as I found out that the director said, this is, like, like you said, it takes place in an alternate universe, like, in an alternate timeline where Ash got the rainbow wing. So I was like, mm-hmm. I wasn't too mad. I was like, you know, that that's kind of interesting. Let, let's see what would happen in this alternate timeline. I mean, things would happen differently. And I really, that kind of uh, softened the blow when uh, they got the two new companion characters, Sorrel and Verity. And, yeah, I mean, it didn't bother, it didn't bother me, like, at all. I wasn't upset that Brock and Misty weren't in the movie because apart from them showing up in the Sun and Moon anime later on, it was, again, in an alternate universe. Anything that I may have had a problem with, I just said to myself, alternate universe, it, it could happen in an alternate yeah. universe. Um, I, I, I think I'm pretty much on the same page as you. I don't view the movie happening as a bad thing at all. I, if there's anything to be a little upset about for me, it's the opportunity cost mm-hmm. that doing this movie did like it it could have because they could have not done it they, i i think it would have maybe been uh e- even more interesting if they had done something maybe after the x and y arc of the anime ash mm-hmm. goes back to kanto and then he still could have met verity and, and sorrel he still could have not met up with misty and brock and he still could have seen hoo again but it could have been this culmination of all of his travels after all this time, which I, I, I thought, that was my assumption, actually, before we knew everything about the movie, just when that initial teaser came out about what it was. That's what I thought it would be. Um, uh-huh. And it wasn't that. It was it was a little, I would say, less interesting than that. Hmm. Um, but they, they went... Uh, they leaned into it. They they did things that I don't think they could have done, in in my interpretation of what it, the movie was going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I choose you. Is it a good movie? 
you know, I wouldn't say it's a bad Pokemon. Well, I mean, we're talking about on the scale of Pokemon movies because... Sure. Uh, I don't think any of them are necessarily great movies. Um, I think... If I'm well, to put my cards on the table. If I were to put my Pokemon cards on the table, I would say that they are, like, most of them are entertaining. Maybe, like, the first three to five, they have interesting topics. And I would say that, yeah, I think the first three movies, as you may have seen from my video, I think they are movies that stand up on their own. But uh, I Choose You, it was actually, I had a good time watching that, and I can't say that for uh, a majority of the Pokemon movies that I have seen since, like, the uh, Genesect and The Legend Awakened. Because I was just, those movies started, like, starting with Genesect and The Legend Awakened, those movies just started to get on my nerves. Like, I mean, with Genesect, it was the fact that there were two Mewtwo's, and uh, just, yeah. it feels like they're talking down to you with the dialogue sometimes. Deonce, I did not like. Hoopa may just have, may just be the worst Pokemon movie I have ever seen. Volcanion, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, Volcanion and The Legend Awakened, it was better than Hoopa, but it was it was still passable. It, it was okay. But I Choose You, while I may not have gotten any, like, nostalgic feelings from it, it was the first Pokemon movie that I ever really saw in theaters, and it was a really cool experience, because, like, I never got that experience before, and it was it was just a really, it was just a really nice time to see a Pokemon movie on the big screen, and I knew that, like, most Pokemon movies would be kind of stupid in their, uh, plot and execution of the plot, so it was just a fun time just, uh, just watching this movie try to tell a coherent story. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like just having a story was weirdly one of this movie's greatest difficulties, but, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) I don't know, I I think it did alright, um... It did what I, it I had to I, do. Nothing more, nothing less. I'm with you in that the the first three or so movies, three to five, actually, yeah, um, are probably my favorite. Um, number three being the one that I think is the best movie. Yes. Of the of the bunch, mm-hmm. I think I like one better, but that is actually something that I'm nostalgic for. Um, I'm that's a little one bit of the nostalgic for the soundtrack. Of. The soundtrack especially, yeah. Absolutely. Did you see, this is a tangent, but um, were, are you familiar with Project M, the Super Smash Brothers Brawl mod? Yep, indeed I am. Yeah, they released a character trailer for Mewtwo way back when they put Mewtwo in the game. Oh, yeah. And they used the movie soundtrack, <laughs> and they even used uh, quotes from the movie, just saying, We tried to create the strongest Pokemon and we, and we succeeded. And then there's just this combo video of Mewtwo beating up everyone in Aww. Project M. It was awesome. Great and they trailer. they did like the music like do, 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 yeah. do, do, do. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's a really good trailer. Um, sorry, I forget what we were talking about. Were we talking uh, about favorite Pokemon movies? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like one. I like three. I actually like seven. Uh, the Lucario one. That's number eight. Oh, is that eight? Okay, I like eight. Um, yeah, me I don't too. love Lucario as a Pokemon so much, but there was some interesting story things, I think, in that one that I weren't really necessarily like... repeated every time after. Lucario was really interesting to me because uh, when Gen 3 
This was like on the tail end of when Pokemon Emerald got released. I th- I seriously thought that Pokemon might be over at this point because it's like, okay, so we got three generations and over 386 Pokemon. This is when I was like nine years old at the time. So I was like, you know, I think Pokemon is pretty much, I think it's going to end s- sometime after this. And then I see uh, Advanced Battle like the next day and the new intro, Lucario shows up in it. And I was like, what is that? And then I see the trailer for the movie on pokemon.com like a couple months later and i was like whoa what what it, lucario whoa what it that's insane and lucario he has a soft spot in my heart just because he he was just what what's the word i'm looking for he 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 instilled faith in me when i thought that there was no more cool pokemon okay. to come he was hopeful he he carried a message of hope yeah, and then I see Munchlax as well. It's like, whoa, what's that? I see Weavile. Whoa, what's that? It, it, it just kept going and going. That was great. That was a great time. That's uh, it, that's an interesting way to think about Lucario. I have not previously thought of Lucario in that way. I I appreciate that. Oh, thank um, you. I actually kind of like the Hoopa movie a little bit. But. <laughs> I thought the origin of Hoopa, Hoopa's whole backstory in that village where there was an Arceusian, Arceusian, how how would you how would you possibly say that? A priest who worshipped Arceus um bringing up Hoopa to not be a dick all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a, a little more it was something for me to grab onto, which is not something I had in Deonsi um or Volcanion really mm-hmm. Volcanion was probably my least favorite honestly um oh, yeah yeah because for the first i don't know 45 minutes of that movie ash is spiritually attra- attached to Volcanion via a method i don't think they really explain at least not in the english dub um and Volcanion keeps telling ash to leave which is just he ridiculous like you can't tell <laughs> you can't tell that he would leave if he could that's crazy stop asking like, stop on. being a dick about it <laughs> i Ugh. just people being purposefully ignorant in my pokemon movies malik i can't handle it <laughs> <laughs> well it's everywhere man yeah it's, it, everywhere. It's, it's everywhere but i don't think there was actually that much of it and i choose you um which it, it, it did I would say, for me, I Choose You is probably in the top. It's the bottom of the top five, if it's in the top five. <laughs> bottom um, of the top five? That's Bottom of high. the top five. <laughs> uh, it is pretty high, but it does some things with Ash that I haven't seen in a while. Uh, one of my uh-huh. problems with Pokemon X, Y, and Z and, and the original xy was that it's all the same crap just just pile them together (laughs) yeah it's all the same it even though they were advancing the plot in a lot of ways uh that i was i was pretty into because they hadn't done that in a while they haven't actually given the main characters any kind of progression and they did in xy uh except ash's personality he started out Mm -hmm. as like this crazy nice guy and ended as this crazy nice guy um and if you go back and you watch Indigo League at all, he's more complex for sure. 
Um, yeah, and I'm not. I mean, I, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry to cut you off there. Oh no problem. I was I was just gonna say, um, Ash. He he was really impatient in the Indigo yeah. League. He was really. Uh, he was hot headed. He was reckless, yeah. careless. Uh, he had a temper. He was a bit rude at some points. He thought he was he was a bit overconfident as well. Uh, he yeah, I would actually struggle to losses. find an example of Ash just being nice. Hmm. Uh, I mean, like, he, he loves his Pokemon. He's always nice to his Pokemon. But any interpersonal stuff in the Indigo League, he's always this shitty kid. <laughs> like he's Yeah, he's usually, always... like, throwing throwing shade at Misty. He never does yeah. anything to Brock, though. But he, he's... He's just a stupid ten-year-old kid. Yeah, it's, it's it's almost comical how crappy he is. But some in, at some point that was completely lost, and I don't think the trade-off between just like super nice all the time and kind of a dick most of the time. I don't think that was a positive trade-off. I think you lost some character, and I choose you. Still, he's still not as mean or hot-headed or anything like that as the original series but he uh he has some moments of of not being an incredibly nice guy which yeah. i thought was interesting when he was like when he was talking to pikachu and he was like i would have won if i used uh somebody else like man just swallow swallow your pride take your loss it wasn't anyone's fault but yours yeah and- I, I think the exact line is i should have I, I, I yeah, wish maybe I, should, I started I wish I with got... a Bulbasaur or a Squirtle. Yeah, it's like, well, guess what? You, you were late, so yeah. <laughs> you can't take your losses. That wasn't your fault. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah, there was, was this your weird fault. scene Whatever. after that where, like, in order to reconcile the fact that he just said a really hurtful thing, he had this black and white dream that took yeah. place in the real world in, in which Pokemon don't exist. And... I I never real I never picked up on the fact that it was in the real world when I was watching it. I thought that he was just in school, and I thought that was like the worst thing a Pokemon trainer <laughs> could ever think of being in. And I realized, wait a second, is this some kind of allegory for what's happening right now in Alola? Ash is in school, the worst thing, <laughs> a nightmare. He's living a nightmare. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, I I hadn't picked up on that, but. Uh, I, I think the the clue that Pokemon don't exist in that world was the the poster in his room, mm-hmm. the poster that's usually Bulbasaur, Charmander, <laughs> and Squirtle has been thought, replaced with cars. Just a blue, I just thought, red, maybe he just likes car. cars. Yeah, maybe he just always liked cars. That's just yeah, a maybe thing this, Ash this never is an talks ultimate about. Alternate timeline where Ash just likes cars. You know, <laughs> maybe Ash always liked cars, but he's always been kind of embarrassed to really get into how much he likes cars because he likes them so much. Yeah, and, and if he, he talked about it with someone, he might like scare off his friends or something. Yeah, plus like he won't be able to <laughs> drive them for quite a while now, so he might as well do something that he can do. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, he is ten. You you forget that <laughs> all the time. Um, yeah, he dude, is ten. You can't drive cars yet. So might as well get to that Pokemon training out in the out in the woods with no no authority figures. I think my least favorite part of the movie was probably when uh, probably everything involving Butterfree, which is, I I know a lot of people really enjoyed that, but for me it was like, I see what you're trying to do in having the the, the Spearow (laughs) attack and the Butterfree, or Goodbye Butterfree thing, 
and finding Charmander out in the rain and all of these specific things from the original series. I get it. I get what you're going for. But where Charmander out in the rain was actually worked into this movie's narrative uh, because they made the trainer that left him out in the rain Ash's new rival and right. generally bad person cross. But I don't think they integrated the Butterfree story at all. It's just kind of there and it takes up like 10 minutes of the movie if you add it all together. No, that's probably yeah. too much. It's probably less than that. But um, I feel like that was only for, hey, remember this? And like, yeah, I, I do. I Yeah, I remember. It's like, yes, it's like Butterfree is like the one thing they never shut up about in the anime. It's like, hey, remember Butterfree? Remember when Ash had a Butterfree? Remember Butterfree? Like one time in Diamond and Pearl, they talked about Butterfree. One time in Unova, Ash had a experience with a Caterpie that evolved into Butterfree. And he's like, oh man, I remember my Butterfree. And then Sun and Moon, he remembers his Butterfree again. It's like, yes, we all remember Butterfree. We all love Butterfree. Stop with the Butterfree. <laughs> or, uh, I will give it. Yeah, especially it. compared to the fact that he had a Pidgeotto at that time too. And yes, when he left show his Pidgeot. His Pidgeotto. For the love of God, where is he's Pidgeotto? never thought twice about Pidgeot. <laughs> I mean, he thought it's never he thought once him. about it. You're right. He never thought twice about it. He brought Pidgeot up once in a flashback in Johto, and that was oh, okay. it. And he was like, "I'd really like to see it again." Well, go see it again. It's in Viridian Forest. <laughs> that that's really funny. Um, I will give the movie this though. Uh, Butterfree's original voice actor, Rikako Aikawa, in both English and Japanese, was Butterfree for this movie. And I mean, she's always Butterfree, but it's really oh, okay. nice to hear, like even twenty years later, Butterfree still has the same voice, and it's so nice to hear. If you asked me to do something that I did twenty years ago, <laughs> the same way I did, uh, the same way I did it twenty years ago, I would be so frightened <laughs> i would be so stressed out about having to make it exactly how it was 20 years ago it's that would be too well, difficult mean, for me i i, I mean I for mean, me that would be a tiny kid so that's a different story <laughs> but even yeah, is, if it was some effect. woman who's been doing butterfreeze in the anime for a while but sure um what else was there in terms of like uh certain pokemon voices like i've always been a little critical of certain pokemon voices especially after uh Four kids lost the rights to Pokemon. And I will say that in this movie, for some Pokemon, they tried to make them sound like their original, like, four kids counterparts. Like, Blastoise kind of sounded like Blastoise. Metapod had that, like, monotone Metapod sounding noise. And I was like, hey, hey, that's nice. I like that. But there were a bunch of Diglets that showed up in the in one scene. And they went, dig, Diglet, dig, Diglet, dig. That, that's not how it goes. Come on. <laughs> you, you're telling me you don't know the Diglett, Dig, Diglett, Dig, Trio, Trio, Trio? Come on. Everybody knows that. Everyone knows it, Malik. You're right. Every single person. If well, you're if, listening if to not, this right now and you didn't know it, you're not even a real person. If not everybody that knows that, Pokemon, the Pokemon company should know themselves, shouldn't That's they? That's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think a lot of times fans that know like really specifics really specific details about a thing by like the back of their hand they're they're sometimes thought of as making mountains out of molehills in regards to companies getting these small things right but i don't feel that way man you should get it right like you did it um yeah 
I I wrote an article recently about um, the continuity in the Zelda series and how Breath of the Wild references a lot of stuff from earlier in the series, but the way it references it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, if any sense, in universe. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I I brought up how I thought that was maybe. Uh, I I think I even used the word disrespectful a little bit because it's disrespectful for people who want to realize like, hey, why is this mountain called that? And you can take that one step back and say, hey, it's called that because of this other character with the same name in an earlier Zelda game. And you go, why is this mountain named after that character? It's an homage. Why would... No, I mean, why would it be named after that character? Because that's in a different timeline than... Like, it's a whole... (laughs) It's a whole thing, and uh, I, I don't think anyone at Nintendo cared a whole lot about that kind of world building. And when I bring it up, I'm making a mountain out of a molehill. I don't think so, man. I, I think. <clears throat> excuse me. I think there me, should I, be I, some I consistency. There should, yeah, there there should be people whose job it is at these big companies that manage these enormous franchises with so much information to yeah. just know how to reference other things in that franchise well. It's like um, when in yeah. Super Mario Odyssey, Rattley, Rattley Street, Rattley yeah. is spelled with an E. It's like, what? What? Yeah, Rattley is spelled with an E in Super Mario Odyssey on his uh, street name. Like, are you for real? <laughs> you guys it's own this time. character. Yeah. <laughs> I. That's yep, like if exactly you named right. Ramby Street with two A's or an IE at the end. It's unju- It's not even... I'm not even being a stickler about it. You own this character. His name is trademarked R-A-T-T-L-Y. Yeah, plus they they showed Ratley Street as a sign in their January presentation. <laughs> and it's uh-huh. November now. And it has not changed. There, there's oh been my outcry. Lord. There's been an outcry. There's been a petition on the internet. There, I, I signed that petition. Everything. I signed the petition too. If Rattley shows up in Baja Blast and he's spelled R-A-T-T-L-Y, I'm going to flip. And if he's spelled R-A-T-T-L-E-Y, I'm also going to flip for different reasons. <laughs> Either way, Nintendo messed up. <sighs> I feel like you've gotten something <laughs> off your chest. I feel I feel liberated right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's not get into too much uh, spoiler territory territory with i choose you but uh are, are there any last thoughts on that movie that you want to get into any other thoughts on the movie you say yeah any other thoughts on the movie but uh maybe not the ending okay maybe not the ending okay so i'm trying to think uh team rocket didn't do a thing in that movie team and rocket I mean... was there to be there and i think it would have just been better if they weren't well i mean team rocket usually is like a very side thing in a lot of the movies uh usually they do something they usually they do something like the Mm -hmm. first movie uh they got into Mewtwo's place and uh Meowth talked to his clone second movie they helped out Ash to save the world third movie they saved Ash from falling off a cliff they they weren't really involved in that one Uh, movie four they helped out the guy with the dark ball and stuff they're usually involved in some way, shape, or form, even if it's not a big, in a big major way. But here, they just cracked a few jokes and blasted off like three times. That's all they did. That's all they contributed. I mean, 
there is even I'm I'm not object to Team Rocket like showing up. Just give them something to do. Make them say something funny. Make them make them do something other than hey, we're here just to blast off in like a few minutes or like of like 30 seconds or something. Yeah, I uh you did a video before on how Team Rocket was original. I don't think this was the point of the whole video. I don't remember which video it was, but Team Rocket was or- originally supposed to be used in movies as a an audience surrogate kind of um it, it, you see this especially in the first movie i think where they don't exactly do anything crazy important but they are going through mewtwo's lair they're finding out about all these things uh and they're finding out about it so the audience can learn about it um yeah which i think is i i mean i mean it's still kind of basic-ish writing but like it's 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 eloquent in a way it, it has a purpose they're there for a reason uh oh, wait, it's not crazy oh i'm sorry i was just saying they're there for a reason it's not crazy uh suspect of why <laughs> like why why would they be here they're there for a reason uh yeah. in and i choose you they're not like th- nothing they're definitely not an audience surrogate they're not doing anything that the uh that the rest of the characters are that could help the audience learn about what's going on. In fact, if anyone's the audience surrogate, it's kind of Pikachu, especially later on in the movie. And then earlier uh-huh. on it's Ash. Um, yeah. They didn't even try to catch Pikachu or anything. I mean, they tried, but they never acted out on anything. They're always stopped before they could even get a, get their motto in edgewise. Yeah. I, I kind of feel the same way about team rocket as I do Butterfree where it's, I know why they're here, but if you're re- if you're restarting the universe, if if you're doing an alternate universe thing where things don't need to happen the same way, um, don't include things that don't promote your creative vision here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you I, remember the scene where uh, uh, there were a bunch of Primeape and uh, Butterfree evolved at that? No, it didn't evolve, but. Uh... Well, yes, it did. It evolved at that scene. I was really hoping, the kind of attention here, I was really hoping that Ash would catch one of those Primeape and that would be uh, on his team because I just want to see Primeape again, too. <laughs> it's like, it's an alternate universe. Why not? Please. Yeah. Plus, he only has, like, he's only had three Pokemon throughout his entire travels, which makes sense if, if you keep in mind that um, he's very early in his adventure still. Yeah. Only, um, only three badges in. Um, <clears throat> yeah. He had three Pokemon when he didn't have three badges. In the, the original. He had six when he had two. Yeah, true. I don't know. <laughs> it's a weird <laughs> movie. Uh, it makes me, it makes me feel very strange about a number of things, uh, in, involving the anime universe, um. But I, I like seeing alter, alternate universe. <laughs> I like seeing Ash um, actually have a transition in personality and in, in character. Um, some of those moments I liked seeing return. Others of them I didn't. Um, and I really liked the way Hoa was just integrated into the movie in general. I would have liked to have seen more of Hoa actually, because somewhere around the second act they kind of just forget that Hoa is there. Sure. And then third act is like, oh wait. 
What was this movie about? Right, right, right. Okay, okay. Rainbow Wing. Yeah. Okay. Here he is. Because um, I've been waiting like twenty years. Sorry, sorry to keep cutting you off there. What no, no, say? no problem. I was. I think I was actually cutting you off. So I'll do it anyway. Ha, Malik. Nice. Gotcha. Um, Put your foot down. Why don't you? When Ente came into the movie, I thought the the way Ente was portrayed, along with the other two um, legendary beasts, was was pretty unique. Um, they they felt more powerful than a lot of legendary Pokemon usually feel. In a movie, yeah, um, like and nobody it, talked. Yeah, the the way uh, that one Pokemon trainer comes in with the bruised up Vaporeon into the Pokemon Center and says, "I was fighting Entei, it was crazy," and then everyone was like, "It was like Pokemon Go all over again." Everyone was like, "There's an Entei out there, gotta go get it." Um, <laughs> I never thought of it that way, but that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, I I felt like it was almost an allusion to Pokemon Go. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that's. I mean, uh, did you get into Pokemon Go? Were you were you a player of Pokemon Go? Uh, no, my phone is from 2012, and it cannot download apps anymore. So even if I wanted to get <laughs> into it, I can't. I, w- I was really into it for maybe three and a half or four months or so, and then I was then I was just clean out, cold turkey, <laughs> stopped it entirely. Ah, uh, well, four four months that's not half bad. No, it's not half bad for for an app at all, but um, the fact that they're still updating it and and seem to want it to have the same legs it had back in the summer of 2016 makes it seem like it's a um, maybe a a failure on expectations for the Pokemon company Niantic. Still a really cool game and uh, really cool uh moments i remember having with pokemon go i think pokemon go i will definitely get nostalgic for later on in my life because mm-hmm. there, there was some interpersonal stuff that happened with that game that was pretty pretty unique um mm-hmm. and yeah and the movie might have referenced that maybe not um but and it felt like pokemon go at least well i think that's probably all we can talk about the movie without repeating ourselves a little bit but it's a weird movie and there's it i, I feel like it lends itself to uh, discussion Speaking oh, yeah. of Pokemon, though, and current events in Pokemon, are you at all excited for Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon? Yes, yes, I am. I'm waiting. Uh, let's see. It comes out next week at the time we're recording this, and I don't know what to expect. I know that there are no new Alolan forms, which kind of bums me out, but I'm interested to see what story, like what the story is gonna, what the story is going to hold. And I'm always I'm always down for a third version. I know that they're always like ever since Black and White Two, the third version has always been like some a really interesting experience. So from what like the music is gonna be different. They're gonna add like uh, a new uh, area, Megalopolis, I think it's called. I'm just really excited to see what what it has in store. Yeah, it it, it should be interesting. I um. I'm I'm still not a hundred percent sure. Like even now, even a week out from release, how much this will be a third version and how much this will be just a completely different story that happens to also take place in Alola. Um, well, this one maybe... takes place in an alternate setting, like alternate universe as well. Yeah, that's kind of a theme with Pokemon lately. Since uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, they've really leaned into 
the idea of alternate dimensions and, yeah. and a uh, polyverse or a multiverse with Pokemon. Interesting, interesting premise. Um, I'm kind of an anti-traditionalist in terms of Pokemon. I wrote a, um, I wrote a pitch for a potential Pokemon game for uh, Switch, a, a main series Pokemon game. A, po- a Pokemon Switch pitch? A, a, a Mitch Switch pitch. Oh, a, yeah. A Mitch pitch for Switch. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> um, and I... I shared it with a lot of my friends and uh, some internet communities, and the ones that weren't Pokemon communities seemed to really like it. The ones that were Pokemon communities thought it was ridiculous and like fan fictiony and everything. And I kind of get that mm. because, um, I mean, if you're a fan of what Pokemon's currently doing, it wasn't what they were doing. And I see Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, and I'm like, yeah, it's pretty much. The opposite of what I was doing. I'm still interested to to check it out, though. Um, I um, I I think it'll be a really good send off for the 3ds. Really, just for dedicated handhelds in general, because it it definitely seems like the culmination of everything, um, story wise and mechanically. So I, I'm interested to see that. Uh, do you have any thoughts on Rainbow Rocket? Uh, yes, I do, actually. Like, when they were initially unveiled, I wasn't sure what to think. I thought it was just some, like, not a desperate grab at nostalgia, but like a nostalgia thing, a nostalgia-fueled thing, nonetheless, because, I mean, you look at some of the villains that they have. They have all the main villains from all of the main series Pokemon games, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. some of these guys either renounce their ways or are dead, how is it that these guys are here right now and you're fighting them, but they explained it in a really cool way, like they all come from alternate alternate universes where, where the player character did not exist and they achieved their goals. And I think that's really cool. So it wasn't oh, just... Oh, they're from I, universes... Wait, they're from universes specifically where they won? Yeah. I think like Cyrus oh. in like one of the Japanese trailers, he says, I have made my perfect world. I was like, oh man, Wow. It's not just like a, it's not just like Game Freak. I'm always like, man, Game Freak, if I see something that kind of gels with me, I'm not sure, I mean, not gels, but if I see something that I'm kind of skeptical about, I'm like, you know, Game Freak must have an explanation behind this. And they did. Thank goodness. And it's like, yeah, I can get behind this. That's great. It's like, it's nostalgic. And there's a reason behind it too. A good reason. Not just some half-hearted, half-baked attempt at saying, oh, these guys weren't really dead, or we want to do this because it's the 20th anniversary, and blah, blah, blah. But there, there's there's story behind it. There's reason behind it, and I'm glad there is. So I'm really excited for Rainbow Rocket. With Archie and Maxi, if they, b- being the Team Aqua and Team Magma leaders, if they achieved what they wanted to, why aren't they dead? Uh... Because <laughs> they dried out the entire world and or flooded everything. Hmm. In fact, in in Ruby and Sapphire, they do achieve what they wanted to. And then and they realize like, oh, that man. they shouldn't have and they fixed it. Hmm. Maybe in the alternate universes, there's something like... Maybe they're exempt from like the extreme heat and all the maybe they have some like little pod they live in where they can just watch the world burn and or drown and they're just like yes this this is good i like this 
<laughs> That's my Great. theory. Um, yeah, it's it's as good of a theory as anything, I guess. Um, yeah. So it's been really good talking to you, Malik. Uh, I think we're going to cut the interview here. Uh, if you want to hear more from me, I would love you to hear more from me. You can subscribe to this podcast uh, from wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can review us on iTunes. If you do that, we will be able to court a lot more listenership. And because of that, we will be able to justify putting more time into the show. Um, If you like these interstitial episodes more than the regular show, or vice versa, put that in the review. It's okay if you don't necessarily give us five stars. Give us four stars, but not three. Never three. (laughs) Um... By the way, if you want to catch more of Malik, you can do so at his YouTube channel, Cartoon Gamer. Or The Cartoon Gamer? The Cartoon Gamer. The Cartoon Gamer, Gamer. yes. Yeah. Uh, And if you want to see his work on Digital Gaming, uh, why don't don't you talk about that most recent episode? Uh, I did an episode on one of my favorite video game characters of all time, Diddy Kong. It just came out today. I'm really excited for it. And uh, you can check that out uh, wherever Mitchell puts it, I guess. Please do. I, I put a lot of time and effort into it, and I got uh, I got information from Kevin Bayless himself, the designer, the art designer of Diddy Kong and Donkey Kong. So that's great. I, I can't believe that happened. That's really cool. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll put a link to that. Well, I, I write articles for each episode that I put up, so I'll put a link to that in the article. I'm not sure how to put a link to it in a podcast. I think it might be impossible. <laughs> but <laughs> well, you could try. You could if something happens, you can. Oh man, I just all I I I can only I only promise to try. That's all I can do. <laughs> I promise to try. If I don't succeed, just look up Diddy Kong. Did you know gaming? That'll probably get you there. I wanted um, to call um... it Diddy. You know gaming, but I, I don't think. I don't think that was a good idea. I, no, it's not a good idea. You should have pushed harder. That, that would have worked out. <laughs> I told Shane and all he wrote back was lol. Okay, we'll jump at you next time. Stay super. Later.